am Riddell and I am from Behold the Connection. So I always like to do a little intro here very quick because there's lots of new listeners every week. So it is my goal in life to help people reach emotional maturity, to thrive in their relationships and live meaningful lives. I focus a lot on parenthood, but everything that I teach can be applied to all aspects of life. Absolutely. I believe in short that much of what I teach is accomplished by feeling our feelings and then changing our thoughts to ones that serve us with the biggest piece, honestly, being connection. So I feel like as adults, we spend a lot of our lives seeking or avoiding connection, depending largely on how connection felt to us growing up. So a lot of what I teach is how to reparent ourselves. If our feelings were shut down or unwelcomed, we can really struggle with feeling our feelings and being a very reactive person. That's actually what this podcast is about. Emotional health is the future, my friends. And I put out a parenting course that I'd love for you to check out. You can find it at beholdtheconnection.podia.com, P-O-D-I-A. And what I teach in that is how to feel your feelings, change your thought loops by accessing your subconscious programming. It's pretty fascinating stuff. How to have a growth mindset, how to believe in yourself, and then to take those skills from the first three modules and parent your own children through empathy, connection, and being a great leader. There really, truly is no course out there like it. I highly recommend it. I got a message just yesterday from a lady. I reshared it on my Instagram stories, Behold the Connection, that just said that she had finished the first two modules and her life was changing. Her mind was blown. This was everything that she needed to learn. So I have a payment plan. You can also use the pod, the coupon code podcast for a discount. So again, beholdtheconnection.podia.com. I really recommend it. Ask for it for Christmas. Okay, so today's podcast is all about feeling our feelings. And what does that actually mean? Our childhood, we were often denied our feelings. So we are scared to feel our feelings because, well, really of two reasons. One is what I just said. We weren't allowed to feel our feelings or express them in our childhood. Or two, we... Now, as adults, we feel a bit scared too, because we believe that what feeling our feelings is, is this outburst of rage or yelling or swearing or telling someone off. And the truth is that actually isn't feeling your feelings at all. That is reacting to your feelings. So what was modeled for many of us growing up was reacting to our feelings. And so we think that's the same as feeling them. And then we don't want to go there. That that has its own now other set of feelings that come up after that, doesn't it? That then it sort of becomes a pile on. So reacting to our feelings in a huge outburst is almost always a release of a big pile of repressed feelings that we just simply didn't process in the first place. Feelings are denied in childhood. What happens is that in adulthood, we lose the ability, or rather we never really grew the ability to recognize our needs, the the need behind the feeling, and meet those needs. 
So then we get resentful, we lash out, we blame others, and we sort of spin in victimhood. It's everyone else's fault. Or we internalize it, and then it manifests in our bodies and in our minds as guilt, shame, always struggling. Life's always a struggle, right? So most people whose feelings were dismissed as a child now feel to one extent or another unlovable. The inner script in one's head is very critical and negative. We're out of touch with our feelings and who we are and loving the humanness of ourselves, right? And being okay with having a bunch of feelings. So we sometimes grow up and believe that some of us is unlovable or shameful. And it seems to me that as historically, children seem to either be punished for feeling their feelings or required that they deal with them alone. And we need to change this. We don't need to be scared of anyone's feelings. Our kids are our own. Our feelings don't hurt us. Happens is rather than feel the anger or the disappointment or the hurt, we bury it and we talk ourselves out of it. And what happens then is it gets stored in our bodies. Feelings buried alive never die. The energy of the feelings eventually needs to come out. And it often will come out as very difficult behavior or a big reaction. Your feelings actually get stored numerous places in your body, including your fascia. Some places, some parts of the world call it fascia, okay, in inflammation in your body. And they, they store as disease, dis-ease, right? Or in these big expulsions or fits as an adult, that we've come to think of as feeling our feelings. But the truth is, feeling our feelings is actually a very quiet and intimate honoring of oneself, more than it is picking up the phone and telling someone off. It's meditating, walking and thinking, journaling. It's putting boundaries in place. And it's asking oneself, why was this triggering for me? What is my unmet need here? What is the script in my mind? And what is the feeling in my body? Our somatic sensations, they occur within our bodies. We think that feeling our feelings is spinning on, well, he said and well, she did. That's not feeling your feelings. That is ruminating on thoughts and ultimately thoughts that really don't serve you. So do you see how no one really taught us this, though? How to go into your body and how to feel your feelings, right? It sort of feels like, what? But the truth is feelings are energy and energy needs to move. So you can shove it down and you can shove it down for a while, but the energy eventually explodes out. Now, interestingly, a lot of people actually process the energy of their feelings through exercise and movement. So one of my children rarely cries, even if something really sad has happened to our family. And it's always baffled me. I I process a lot of feelings through crying, right? That's a release of pain. But I've observed in her that she really processes her feelings through animal connection, through a transference of the energy to the animal and through movement. 
Okay. Animals are brilliant as therapy um, resources and movement is brilliant at processing stuck emotions. Pretty cool stuff. Feeling your feelings is what makes you reactive. Feeling your feelings creates an energy of peace and calm. So to translate this into parenting or other relationships in your life, What happens when we feel our feelings is we become less reactive. We're able to set boundaries or rules from a calm place and not a reactive fit throwing place. So we want ourselves and our kids to start building the language around feelings so that they can learn it properly from a young age and not right now at whatever age you're you're learning this at. Let's give them the advantage So let's start using the language around feelings. So what does that look like? So at times we are so linear in our thinking about feelings. We feel like we can only feel one thing at a time. And in my experience, this is almost never true. And it really does not in any way honor our complexity as human beings. Conflictual feelings are very real And they can be very confusing to us. So that's when you're holding two almost opposing feelings. We can hold multiple feelings at once. So I, how I teach this to my children is I hold out my two hands in front of me. You can go ahead and do that now if you want to. And I show them that in one hand or on one hand, Uh, I think that's actually where that came from. On one hand, I feel this way. And on the other hand, I feel this way. On one hand or within one hand, I can loosely hold this feeling. And in the other hand, I can loosely hold this feeling, even if they're conflictual. Okay. So as an example, I'm recording this in September during the COVID pandemic. And I have decided for multiple reasons to homeschool my children throughout this year. I have four children. I have a lot going on separate from the homeschool. And so relating this to me and how I'm feeling, there's a part of me that feels like this extra bonus year with my kids at home is such a gift. It really is. I feel that every day. The highs are high. And on the other hand, I feel like, holy, this is hard. This is a lot, a lot, okay? And so how, you know, as humans, we want to judge that. How can, how can it be a gift and be hard? Because it can. So you get your kids to hold up the two hands and you say, this part of me feels this and another part of me feels this. And there's, there's room for both. That's why you have two hands, right? And you can even put multiple things in the hands. Put, Show your children, this pinky finger is holding this feeling. This one's holding this feeling. Like I got lots going on because that's how I am. I'm a human being navigating the world, the complex world with my complex feelings. And look at me with my outstretched hands. I, I'm holding it all. I'm holding it loosely. It can come and go. The feeling can jump off that finger. A new one can come on. I'm here for it all. I'm holding it all. I welcome it all. Necessarily even need to solve for it all. Okay. The goal in our strong mental health is to notice 
the different hand piles and to simply hold space for both. So that can sound like on one hand, I am so grateful for this year with my children. I'm getting to know them better. Their relationships are better. We're doing the most fun things every afternoon. What a gift. That is my truth. And on the other hand, some days I feel super peopled out. And this can be a challenge. So the key to processing and honoring emotion in ourselves is to step out of such harsh judgment of ourselves. We often feel that we shouldn't feel a certain way. We shouldn't feel that way. Often someone told us when we were younger, and maybe we were in a very age-appropriate fit, right? Kids are meant to have fits. It's the beginning of processing feelings. But anyways, if we were in an age-appropriate fit trying to process our emotions, someone maybe told us we shouldn't. It could have made the adults around us feel uncomfortable. And so we've then internalized the message that our feelings are dangerous or unworthy. So to free yourself from what is limiting you and unconsciously driving your actions, you need to get curious. I teach this in my parenting course. You need to observe yourself non-judgmentally. Judgment really serves no purpose, very few purposes. And certainly in terms of self-judgment, not a lot of good there. Curiosity is your friend here. You need to bring your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs into conscious awareness in order to navigate your life, okay? So in doing so, you then, by getting curious, you shift from the fight, flight, and freeze part of your brain to the less reactive, more analytical part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, which allows you to explore, discover, create, and come up with solutions, okay? Here, the first step in finding your feelings in your body is to take a moment and sense into your body where that feeling lives and how it feels. I know this sounds weird because we weren't taught it, but you can pull up any research on trauma, on emotional health and feelings, and this is what we need to do. It's just the truth. So emotional feelings are not simply mental events taking place in our brains. What they are actually is highly complex mental and muscular events that involve changes in your neuromuscular organization within your body. You feel emotions by subconsciously organizing your body in in particular ways, and then you feel the results of how your body has organized those feelings and stress and pain and achy spots in your neck and your gut that feel sick. So to tune in to your body more closely, sometimes it helps to close your eyes. Take as much time as you need. You can even ask your own body, like, can I go into my body? Where does my fear or whatever emotion you have live? How does that feel within me? I like to get really specific. Okay, I'm feeling, say I'm feeling shame. Do I feel it sharp or is it jiggly and wiggly and and sort of evasive? You know, picture like a little red ball in your stomach and it's everywhere you try to, say you try to locate it. Oh, it jumps somewhere else. It jumps somewhere else. Like the shame is always moving in the gut or in the throat. Um, Does it have rough edges or is it soft? Is it squishy? Is it hot or is it cold? When you are feeling that feeling, literally, it's somatic experience in your body. What does it feel like? What color would you give it if you could give it a color? So when you get curious about all of this and really break it down, you're you're feeling that feeling. 
Now, intense emotional states will often be felt deeper in the body and sometimes right into the organs of the body. So you'll hear this like, my gut reaction told me whatever, or I felt brokenhearted. This is where this comes from. We know that we process our emotions in our body, or I just couldn't stomach hearing that. Okay, so things like that give you a a clue as to where the body is storing the pain or the feeling and very significant loss. And I can tell you my stomach was not right. That grief was in my stomach. I was nauseous. I really couldn't eat. I was vomiting and I felt physically ill in the gut. This is how we know if you've ever been through a sudden loss, you know that your body feels the emotion. So sometimes I don't know why we resist against this concept because we we know this. Anyways, if we have old trauma or pains, as we do this work, we can feel very sad or we can feel very angry. But remember that anger is sad's bodyguard. Anger is protecting you from the sad. Two questions you can ask yourself. What is the message that's contained in this stuck emotion in my heart, stomach, throat, head? What's the message? What's the shame around it? What's the pain around it? And the second question is, what does my emotional child or my emotional self need? What was not met for me at the time that this pain was stored? What feeling or help was denied to me? Okay. Space for all emotions and feelings and complexity Honestly, it's not something that we're used to, is it? We're used to shoving down our humanness, shoving it in shame and telling ourselves, just have a better perspective. Now, that's another whole podcast, but I want to address it quickly at the end of this one here. Does thinking about my homeschool, this is hard, does that serve me? Well, no, not really. It really doesn't. Does feeling the hard moments in my body and saying hi to them serve me? Yes, So sometimes if you've been here for a while or if you have my parenting course, um, sometimes when we learn how powerful our thoughts are and they are, we are in a hurry to change them. It's like, I want to find a thought that better serves me. (laughs) Now, changing our thoughts is one of the most powerful things we can do. And in my parenting course, actually, it's the only module that has two parts to it. Like I couldn't fit it all in one. It's so important. So changing our thoughts is one of the most important things we can do to change our lives. End point, okay? Choosing new thoughts literally signals to your brain and to your RAS, your reticular activating system. So what that is, it's a system in your brain that spends its time trying to notice and present to you what it thinks that you want to notice. Okay, so so your brain tells that system, look for more of this. So for example, if you are constantly saying, this is hard, homeschool's hard, COVID's hard, whatever, your brain, that system specifically, absolutely goes to work looking for evidence and showing it to you, presenting it to you, offering you thoughts to support the thought that this is hard. It literally will look for all the reasons that your life or your situation is hard. So yes, we do need to find better thoughts that serve us. Absolutely. To signal to our brain, no, no, no. Look for all the ways that this is a gift. Look for the good. But sometimes we rush to a new thought 
or to find a new thought before we have ever felt the feeling. We're missing, like they're equal. You need to feel the feeling and find a new thought, but you cannot do it out of order. We don't like to sit in the uncomfortable feelings. And so we rush to like, what's a new thought that can make me feel better? And yet in order for our brain to fully latch onto a new thought, for it to be believable to our brain, for our brain to want it to stick, right? And then we can build new thought loops and uh, have a growth mindset and have totally new thought patterns. But for that to happen, we have to first honor the feeling, okay? So a new thought will not stick and it will not be believable to our brains to run with until we have honored the current thought and the current feeling. Until we have literally looked over at our left hand or whichever hand you've picked for for the tough stuff um, and, and looked at it and said, this is hard. I am struggling and honored that. This week is to go into your body when you're feeling distressed or overwhelmed and to name what you're feeling. Oh, look at that. I'm feeling shame. Wow, shame feels hot and fast in my body. That's interesting. Don't judge it. Just observe it. Breathe into it. The feelings do dissipate as you breathe into them, but you cannot just shove them down. Okay? I teach so much of this on my parenting course. Beholdtheconnection.podia.com. It will change your life. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you'll buy it. I hope you'll change your life. I hope you'll love it. Please screenshot this episode if it helped you and share it on social media. I always want to increase my reach and increase the healing in the world through my little voice as best I can. Anyways, thank you for being here and I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Thank you.